0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog at aslobcomesclean.com almost every day. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out what works in my own home, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually do work for real people in real life, people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Thanks so much for joining me today. This is podcast number 83. I am calling it clutter threshold. How do you define clutter in your home? Question mark. I say I'm calling it that. Y'all know that I don't actually come up with a title until after, but for some reason I started to say I'm calling this one, and then I went, "Oh, what am I calling it?" Okay. Anyway, um, I'm talking about clutter thresholds, but before I do, I want to let you know that I have set up a newsletter that I am going to try to be consistent with. Um, Linda, who is lovely and amazing and helps me out on a lot of things, um, put together today's and I was really excited because I just had to go in. And anyway, you don't want to know all the back behind the scenes stuff. Basically, I got out a newsletter today and I was so excited. If you've come to the site since Christmas, you've probably seen a little pop-up come up. That's for the newsletter. Um, but I also have set up a page at newsletter what you're going to get if you sign up for the newsletter is for the first four to seven days, it's already set up for four. I'm hoping to add three more. Um, I'm going to send you a decluttering solution each day for the first four to seven days. Okay. Now after that, you're going to get the newsletter so that you won't ever fall behind. Cause I know life happens and sometimes things are like, Oh yeah. Or if you're on Facebook I love it, um, that there's over 157,000 people over there now, and that's awesome and great, except that Facebook, um, gets a little hormonal sometimes and chooses not to um, be nice to me. And so like one time I had somebody who is like a super loyal person say, Oh my goodness, I'm so excited that you're writing again. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I realized that, um, she, you know, had liked the page on Facebook and was, and even though I put up Every new post, and there's usually three a week at least, Um, actually, four with the podcast. So uh, I put those things on there, but Facebook just hadn't been showing them to her because that's what it does sometimes. And so you cannot depend on keeping up with all the new stuff or something that might be time sensitive or whatever if you're only on Facebook. So the newsletter is not something that you're going to get every single new post in your email. You can get that on the sidebar at aslobcomesclean.com. If you're on desktop, you can see that. Um, but it will like keep you up once or twice a week. You're going to get a newsletter with, Hey, this is what's been going on here. And these are the new posts that are up. Um, so anyway, but you will also get delivered to your inbox for those first four to seven days frustrations, because I feel like that's the main thing I have to offer is when people are overwhelmed and frustrated. I've had to work through that myself and this is how I've done it. Okay. So that's going to be, you know, something to solve a problem that you have in decluttering or that most people have in decluttering. Um, for those first four to seven days after you sign up for the newsletter, you'll immediately get my number one decluttering solution, which is how to declutter without making a bigger mess because that's most people's frustration. Um, okay. So that's a slobcomesclean.com slash newsletter um, we're talking about clutter thresholds. I, here's, here's what, okay, let me just give you the example. In my ebook, Drowning in Clutter, the reason I called it that is because I have felt that somewhat physical sensation that I was drowning in clutter. Um, if your house is overcrowded with stuff, and I don't just mean, oh my goodness, there's a little mess on the fireplace. I mean, like if your house is really, and I'm sorry, people who are neat don't talk like that. I know, but anyway, they do in my head. So, but if you have, uh, your house is just overflowing with stuff, like you just absolutely cannot you just can't move freely. You can't act freely. It's hard to get anything done because there's just stuff, clutter everywhere. If you know that feeling, you may also know what I personally felt and still sometimes feel when things get out of control. And that's that you're drowning. I mean, sometimes I call it swimming through jello. It's just that everything I do is harder because there's so much stuff in my house. Um, I'm very thankful. I have never come close to drowning, but I do know, um, there was one time that I was really concerned for my kids. We went on a cruise, went to Cozumel and, uh, for like one of the little day excursion things. Anyway, I went to this beach and, um, they had all these inflatables out in the ocean and I mean, you know, show these big inflatables to children. And of course they want to do it. And I was like, Oh, sure. You know, it wasn't very expensive. So I was like, okay. So I, I let them go out there and do that. But it was one of my scariest parent moments because, um, I mean, nothing ended up happening, but I couldn't see my kids very easily because of the inflatables. Cause there would be some that were farther out and behind others. So I couldn't see them well. Um, and being out in the ocean, you know, it's one thing to be on some play on some kind of a float in the swimming pool where, you know, there's lifeguards and the water is completely clear. And so you look and you see your kids underneath, whatever. I know I'm going on and on, but basically it scared me to death because I was constantly looking around for my three kids, making sure I knew where they were and realizing myself in the water. I could not move quickly. I mean, because the water was, you know, the waves or whatever it is, you know, well, they weren't strong waves, but just that current and those way it was a really scary feeling because it was like, I'm using every bit of physical effort that I can and I'm not getting very far. I mean, like I, I feel like even though I'm putting every bit of physical effort into this that I can, I don't have control over how fast I'm getting somewhere or how much progress I'm making. And that is the feeling that I get when it's just like, there's just so much stuff. I mean, there's just, there's just so much clutter. I can't even, I don't even know what to do. I mean, I can't even move freely. I can't even, can't even, you know, I can put tons and tons of effort in and yet it's just, impossible. That is why I chose this drowning and clutter because that is legitimately how I feel, okay? So here's my example. Um children. When the first time you take them to the water. Now my kids are all three fish now. Now in the ocean, that's a whole different story. But in the pool, all three of my kids are great swimmers and oh my goodness, that's a great place to be after years of you know, feeling like I had to be right there with them at all times, you know, if we were in the water. Now the youngest is almost 10. So obviously that's why, but, um, but you know, if you looked at my oldest now, who's just absolutely free and willing to try anything in the water and jump off and do flips and all that kind of stuff, that child, when he got, um, into the pool for the first time, you know, he, he kind of had that disadvantage that he had a a baby brother who was 20 months younger with him. So he didn't get in the pool as soon as everybody else did, because I was like, yeah, I can't do that. I can't deal with a toddler and a baby. Um, but, but when he took his first swimming lessons at three, he was petrified. I mean, just absolutely petrified could not, I mean, even just walking down the steps into the pool was more than he could handle. I mean, it, it, it's like, I remember the, the swimming teacher, she told me after she said, you know, I really feel bad taking your money because he's not going to learn to swim this week. And I said, you know what? He got in the water. And so I'm thrilled. I will pay you the money. If all it means is that he's willing to get in the water, you know, I mean that that's how extreme it was. And so, um, you know, but at the same time, I, you know, my best friend and I used to go swimming together a lot when the kids were little and, um, she had a little one. Of because she was the fourth kid, and that always makes a difference. But, um, you know, she, like her problem was that this little girl would take her floaties off and just jump in the pool. Like couldn't swim, and I've seen that a lot with friends' kids. You know, they they just jump on in the pool like woohoo, and so their paranoia is that. This child is too confident, you know, where then there's others who can't handle it. And so my point is, I know I'm talking about water a lot. Anyway, the point is some people can jump into the deep end first thing and handle it and learn how to swim on their own. And it's no big deal. And they're like, what is the big deal with swimming? And then there's other people like my mother-in-law who's in her eighties and is petrified of the water and never learned to swim at this point, she's not going to, you know, it, it. she's petrified. I mean, even just a baby pool that's two feet deep, even though yes, realistically, she could just walk in it. Um, she's petrified. So, you know, there's different people have different levels that they can handle, you know, some people anyway, so the same thing with clutter, if we're going to use that analogy with clutter, it's the same way you have, some people who have a higher clutter threshold. Now this does not mean slob vision. I'm not talking about when, um, you know, clutter tolerance, but it's not the same thing. Not that, Oh, clutter can happen. And I don't notice it to a certain, you know, until after a certain time. That's not what I mean. What I mean is at what point does stuff become clutter? My mother is the example that I always give because my mother has, unbelievable amounts of stuff. And she keeps it all organized and she knows where things are and her house does not become a disaster zone. Now she will say, Oh, I have too much clutter. And I'm like, yeah, but you know where all of it is and it's all put away. And so it's not urgent the way in my house, you know, I inherited this belief that I've got to have everything I'm ever going to need for any situation that will ever happen in my whole entire life. But I did not inherit the ability to keep it all under control. So it's that point where the amount of stuff I have turns into clutter. That's my threshold. Okay. So one person can keep, you know, all the, hold on just a second. Okay. Just a random thing. I'm sorry. I know I'm really random today, but my dog has been, it's like her thing lately to go get in my bathtub. I I don't know. I I really don't, but I'm trying to keep her from going in my room because I, um, have been finding little doggy footprints in my bathtub when I go to take a bath and that makes me crazy anyway. Um, but at what point does the stuff that you have turn into clutter? So here's what it means for me. Um, I can keep a certain number of um, blankets under control. Okay. And the number of blankets that I can keep under control is the number that will fit into the um, coffee table, sea chest, trunk thing that I have in my living room. That's where our blankets are. That's where the blankets go. Anything that's over that. I get this I don't know where to put them. Or I go put it in the linen closet, but then I forget that I keep them in the linen closet and then they get messed up in there and I never think to go you know it's like this is the limit. Goes back to containers and limits and how that changes your life. I mean, you know, understanding the container concept. But at what point is my clutter threshold met? Well, you know, for me I can't keep paper under control. It is just, I mean, I had a little system that I started, I think when I started this blog. Um, so it's been about six years and I think it worked for about six months. Um, and that was, I made a little file, um, file box. I bought a file box. I made an A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, through the alphabet folders. And I put things in according to that, that worked great until I got past the point where, things could easily fit in there. And then I just kind of quit. And I don't know, you know, for me, I can't keep paper under control. And so therefore I have to limit how much paper I have in my house. There's a podcast on paper clutter and how I deal with that. But, you know, I am really vigilant about keeping paper out of my house because paper is something I can't control and it turns into clutter really, really easy. Um, okay. So, my definition of clutter is whatever you can't handle. So if you have something, or I'm sorry, let me put it this way, whatever I can't handle. If I have something, an area that's constantly out of control, just constantly out of control, instead of trying to get organized, I just declutter. I'm saying all my little phrases today, but, um, instead of thinking, okay, well, I've got to figure out a way to deal with this. It's like, no, if this is forever and constantly out of control, It's just too much. It's past my clutter threshold. It's more than I can handle. Um, You know, I I know people who um, have a bajillion purses. I can't have a bajillion purses, even though I think they're cute and I see them and I think, oh, but the fact is I'm going to stay with one purse until it falls apart. And then I'm going to get another purse and stay with that till it falls apart. Um, Because for me, it just gets out of control because if I try to switch a purse, then I end up kind of halfway switching the purse and it just, you know, doesn't end up right back in the little spot. There are some people who just put things where they go. I know. Right. Anyway. So for me, it's easier for me to just have less stuff makes, um, Oh, here, here's my profound statement for today. Non-existent things don't pile up. Isn't that good? I thought of that earlier. Non-existent things can't pile up. Meaning if I'm constantly dealing with clutter, I just need to get stuff out of my house because that pile exists because I have too much stuff. Okay. That's my clutter threshold, that little kind of that break right there. Um, so like, for example, I have a, um, I have a chair that I have moved probably, it's probably been in three or four different places since we've lived in this house. Um, I love that chair. It's actually very comfortable. But the fact is, I don't have a spot for it. And it's big. And so but me keep keeping on trying to move it from one place to another that stuff shifting, you know, when I start to realize, okay, I've moved this here, and I've moved this here, and I've moved this here. And it still again, just becomes a place where I pile stuff up, it doesn't get used as a chair, which is what it's supposed to be then I start, then I have to tell myself, you know what? It's just got to go. It's past my clutter threshold. I can't handle this chair, no matter how nice the chair is, no matter how comfortable the chair is, unless I can replace another chair that's actually being used as a chair and give that spot to this chair. If I don't have any place where I'm willing or able to do that, then this chair has to go. It, passes my, it's past my clutter threshold. I can't handle it in my house. Um, right now it's in my master bedroom and I've mentioned it to my husband. I said, we need to just actually get rid of this because I had had it over by the side of the bed and it was just a clutter catcher there. I never actually sat in it. And if I did, I had to remove all the clutter before I could sit in it. Uh, so I had moved it and put a table over there, which has worked really well. Um, but I didn't get it all the way out of my room. And I put it like in the, you know, in this other part where we don't really walk. And so it kind of feels like it's a place where it could go. Um, what is it done there? Nobody sits in it. It's just purely a clothes catcher and that's it. That's all it is. So it's kind of worn out its spot. You know, if you find yourself moving something over and over, there was a white bench that I had for a really long time that I finally sold in a Facebook group. Um, and that little white bench, I loved it, but no matter where I moved it, it was a problem. So I just needed out here. Here's the beauty of it. Even though it was hard to get rid of that cute little white bench that everybody loved whenever I talked about it on Facebook, on the blog and I loved it. It was so cute. When I got rid of it, I never had to worry about it again. Like I've never, it's, it's never gotten on my nerves because it doesn't even exist in my house. Hmm. So stuff that isn't here is stuff I don't have to deal with. And that makes me happy. Stuff that I don't have isn't a hassle to me because it doesn't exist are we getting like super existential here? I'm not sure. Okay. um, There was a lady um that my mom knew when I lived in uh, where we used to live, another town, we had a open concept, more of an open concept house. And there was a section of our kitchen that was um, open to the living room and the dining area. Uh, we just had one dining area. And um, when I walked into that house, I looked at that little counter. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this can be so great. I was pregnant at the time. So I was like, everything's going to be absolutely perfect. Cause I'm about to be a mom and have kids and, and, um, anyway. And so I envisioned my children in the living room, um, you know, playing quietly, not watching TV. Cause my, before I had kids, my kids were not going to do that. Um, you know, they were just going to be playing in the living room and I would be chopping vegetables on this little bit of kitchen counter. That was kind of separated from the actual where the stove was and the sink was and all that. Anyway, this spot though was the worst clutter catcher ever because it was just this open space and it was right as we went into the kitchen and as we came into the house through the garage, it was just, it piled and piled and piled and piled. It did. See how I blame it, not me. Um, But I remember my mom saying to me one time, because she was always coming up and trying to help me get things under control. And she, she said she knew some lady in her garden club who had, um, told the story of having a counter like that. I mean, you, you look at this house when it's on, you know, being shown to sell it and it looks like this. Oh, I would love to have something like that. Oh, I love that little counter space there. And anyway, um, but she said that this woman got so tired of things getting dumped on that counter that she hired a contractor to come in and cut it out. Like just absolutely eliminated that counter space, which is pretty radical. But guess what happened? Um, Nobody piled their stuff there anymore because it didn't exist as a space to pile stuff. And I always think about that. It's like this chair. If the chair is not there, the pile's not going to happen. So I get that chair out of my house. It leaves my house. it's ex- It's gone completely. And those piles are gone. It's weird. I mean, you think, I think in my head, well, where are we going to find a pilot next? We might find somewhere else to pilot, but we probably won't because you know, I mean, we've got other places we pile as well. Those might get a little bit bigger, but guess what? We're not going to have this big honking pile in the middle of our master bedroom floor. Okay. Non-existent things don't pile up. Mm. That's good stuff, right? Or maybe it's not. And I'll think later that doesn't actually make sense. Oh, well, um, this also goes along with the place for everything concept. Um, that little thing that, um, super organized, normal people say that gets on the nerves of people like me, um, a place for everything and everything in its place. Yeah. That made no sense when I just simply had too much stuff. When I was living above my clutter threshold, I had more stuff in my house than I could actually handle. Um, a place for everything was not, it wasn't even attainable because there simply wasn't a place for everything or there wasn't, you know, my mother could have found a place for everything in her house. But for me, that didn't work. That did not work for my specific personality type, my brain type. She can, you know, do compartments and all these little, you know, buy little organizy things and, and they've got you know, four little spots, and she'll make sure that those four spots are filled with the exact same thing every time. And things go back in there. That's not going to happen to me. For me, it's not. I can get the little organizy thing, but um, after the first time when I put stuff in there, nothing's ever going to go back where it originally was. So, what's easier? Just not have the stuff instead of trying to come up with a different kind of organizy thing, a different kind of compartmentalizing type thing instead just not have the stuff because obviously it's just not working. And, but when I do that, then the stuff that I actually do use, it's just less overwhelming to me because there's less stuff. The piles themselves are smaller because non-existent things don't pile up. Um, the piles themselves are smaller, so it's less overwhelming. So I'm more likely to actually tackle it before it becomes a humongous pile because it's not going to become as humongous because there's not as much stuff to make it humongous. Wow. This is an interesting one. I hope I've made any sense whatsoever. Thank y'all who um, left me such kind comments on last week's podcast. We talked about, um, oh, I know what it was methods fail, I don't, or the other way around. Um, I really appreciate those of y'all who um, left comments. Those were very, very encouraging to me. Um, okay. So clutter threshold, your clutter threshold is the point at which stuff turns into clutter for you personally. It's different for different people. My mother's house, other people, I'll go to their house and they have such neat and interesting things around. I can't do that because when I try, it just becomes this big mess. You know, it's better for me to have two things on my shelf than for me to have you know, displays that have, you know, 20 little things artfully placed, put exactly around, you know, that's just not going to work for me because I see my brain sees that and it just automatically, I start sticking stuff on that shelf. I just add more and more and more and it gets out of control. But if I just have two things there and then the rest of it is open space, then my brain leaves it as open space more likely instead of just adding more to. You know, I can't artfully arrange that. I can't keep it under control. Um it just does not work for me the way that it does for someone else. So figuring out what your personal cl- clutter threshold is and not saying, why is it that my neighbor can have 12 black sweaters and they're all neatly hung in the closet or hanged, whatever the word is. Anyway, They're all neatly placed on hangers in the closet. Um, She always can find the one she needs, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't seem like 12 black sweaters makes her house get out of control. But for me, 12 black sweaters just means that I don't have to do laundry as often. And so if I don't have to, I'm not going to. And so I you know, and then 12 black sweaters just piles up. I don't keep them under control. And so my clutter threshold is one, maybe two black sweaters. Her clutter threshold is 12 clutter is 12 black sweaters. Okay. Cause she can keep it under control. I can't. So I need to have fewer and get it down to the point where I have the amount of stuff that I'm able to keep under control. And it's just a nice trigger. It's a nice trigger for me to go, Oh, this is constantly a frustration. Okay, then what do I need to get rid of out of here? This is the space I need to declutter because it's a constant frustration to me. Okay. Okay. I'm going to end there. Uh, This is podcast number 83. You can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and um, find the show notes for this. You can also go to aslobcomesclean.com slash newsletter and, uh, sign up for the email newsletter. It is completely free and that will get you, um, decluttering frustration solutions delivered to your inbox for the next four to seven days. And, um, during that time and after I send out at the most about two newsletters a week, we're not talking, you're, you're not going to get like a thousand emails a day. Okay maybe one to two every week. And for the last couple of weeks, I've not gotten one out, but now we're trying to get that system going. So anyway, um, don't forget as well that 28 days to hope for your home will be retired as of February 29th, but it will not be gone forever because it will be included as an appendix, like, you know, the little back material at the back of my, um, traditionally published book, which will be released November 8th. So if you want 28 Days to Hope for Your Home, and you are listening to this in real time, today is uh, February 11th of 2016. uh, Make sure that you go get 28 Days to Hope for Your Home so that you have that. And otherwise, pre-order the book, which is not available right now, but it will be maybe Mm -hmm. soon. So um, I will talk to you guys later. I hope you have a great week. Bye.